and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that casts a line into your nostalgic past and reels it into today to see if things still hold up. We do movie reviews, TV reviews, and album reviews. And today, we have another album review. I'm John. I'm Adam. And we're going to be reviewing the 1994 album 4 by the band Blues Traveler. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. This is an album I've always loved since the since I you know since I saw the band on MTV basically. Yeah. Um, and I uh, I don't actually know how what your history with the with this band is, Adam. If this is a band you listen to a lot or not. Yeah, I mean, I would say this album is a is an album I listened to. Okay. A, quite a bit when you're younger. I don't. I can't remember. I was probably introduced to them first through MTV, right? Um, just or you know, just listening to probably Run Around uh, was that first song mm-hmm. that I think I heard from them. But they are a band that I kept up with, and I and I listen to more and more. Of their you know, well, I have multiple multiple albums actually. I think I own eight studio albums by Blues Traveler, mm-hmm. but four is the one I keep going back to right all the time. And this is actually an album that I listen to. A lot still okay. like like I probably pop open this album I'd say maybe every, once every like six months or every couple months I like mm-hmm. I listen to it all the way through yeah because it is a pretty pretty freaking good album in my opinion yeah um but yeah like and, and as a you know when I was younger yeah it was probably just music videos and stuff like that I did see them live once oh really I saw Blues Traveler live uh, when I was at Lollapalooza in 2010. And they put on a hell of a live show. I imagine. I mean, and, and it's on my bucket list. When, when we see. talk about like each each of these songs, like I I kind of kept going back to like the same adjective, like just like they're just like jamming, man. Yeah. There's like they're more of a jam band than I realized. Yeah. When I, when I first thought of blues traveler traveler, I think of like blues rock and John Popper's harmonica. Right. Yeah. But like the bass, the funk. That is yeah. actually in a lot of these songs. Yeah. Surprises me. And you get a lot of that in their live stuff. They also play a lot of covers. Okay. And they played, I think they played a cover of um, of Radiohead's Creep when I saw okay. them live. And it was actually a pretty damn fun version <laughs> that they played. Nice. So yeah, they're they're a pretty damn good live band. So I highly, highly recommend checking them out. All right. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely an album that I've loved since it came out and also go back to uh, pretty consistently. The album was released September 13th of 1994 from A&M Records. It was produced by Michael Barbiero. Michael Barbiero. Yeah, Barbiero. Like yeah, Michael Barbiero and Steve Thompson, who are kind of a team. They're actually mostly known as mixers and, and uh, mm. audio engineers. Okay. Um, then they are producers, but they've done some you know important stuff. Uh, they uh, both were in uh, did a lot of stuff with ha- kind of hair bands. They did they mixed the Appetite for Destruction album for Guns N' Roses. That that is a huge album yes. for like yeah for eighties rock, rock. It might yeah. be the most important rock yes. album. Um, but they did stuff like t- with Tesla, uh, Madonna. Um, Steve Thompson produced Corn's Follow the Leader album. Yeah, I love that album. <laughs> yes, and that's a good album. Uh, Michael Bibiero, uh has done stuff with like Counting Crows, John Lennon, Velvet mm-hmm. Underground, Alice Cooper, uh, Cypress Hill, Three Doors Down, Joe Cocker, and also Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. I wanna dance with somebody. Yeah. Wanna feel the heat with somebody. That was <laughs> terrible. God, I can't sing Whitney. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know if anyone can sing Whitney. Yeah. 
And the album itself is just under just under an hour. The band consists of, at least for this album, were mm-hmm. John Popper on vocals and harmonica, Chan Kinch- Kinchla, I think it's Kinchla, Chan Kinchla uh, on guitar, Brendan Hill on drums, and the late Bobby Sheehan on bass. So the Bobby Sheehan, who was the ba- or their original bass player, died in 1999 of a heroin cocaine and volume overdose holy shit boy had himself a night yes damn um which is a crying shame because the bass licks in this album are some of the most fun yeah um i was i remember hearing that he had died i probably read it in some sort of trade magazine or something Mm -hmm. like that because it you know we had the internet in the late 90s but it was not our main source of news yeah and it was oh, it was a big blow because I was such a fan of his. I was such a, a fan of his playing, and he had kind of like this cool, like fuck it, laid back attitude. <laughs> he was often a lot of times he was smoking a cigarette. If you'd see mm-hmm. like pictures of them playing live or something like that when he was playing, um, and he just he killed it on the bass. And I was sad to see him um, go. And um, I'm sure whoever they got had to you know had to live up to at least the technical standards. So I'm sure they got somebody who was great. Yeah, um, I actually don't know who is touring with them now. Yeah. But um, there are some other couple notable people who are on this album. Mm. Uh, the two most notable people who also played on this album were Warren Hayes, which if you're a fan of Southern Rock, you'll know as one of the guitarists from the Allman Brothers Band, yeah. also the family member of the band Mo- uh, Government Mule, uh-huh. and Paul Schaefer. Yeah, yeah. Who uh, did keyboards on the song Stand. And he actually even uh, makes an appearance in that music video. Does he really? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 sorry. He makes an appearance in um, one of their music videos. One of their music, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't th- I was going to say, I didn't think Stand was a... Uh, no, which we'll, we'll talk about when we get we'll to it. We'll talk about when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, Adam, do you have anything to add before we actually jump in? I do. Um, so, very interesting. Do you know which number studio album this was for Blues Traveler? I believe it was number four. <laughs> yes! Whoa! Uh, four was their fourth studio album. Um, but I just, I don't know, I thought that was cute. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I remember, I actually remember that from when this album came out. Yeah. I remember them mentioning that the song, it was called Four because it was their fourth studio yes. album. Uh, a couple other interesting facts. Uh, apparently music is in John Popper's blood. Uh, Popper is related to David Popper, who is a 19th century European cellist who, uh, many's, whose many solo works for the cello are staples of the instrument's repertoire. Interesting. <laughs> so gonna, I did not know that. Um, so John Popper's harmonica uh, is is stupid interesting to me because the way he plays it, and we'll definitely have to talk more about yeah. his harmonica style. Um, and it's almost a very staccato fashion. The mm-hmm. way he plays, you hit every mini notes, which there, is which I, is not like harmonica. I don't know any other harmonicist, no. harmonicist, <laughs> harmonica player who sounds like John Popper. Yeah, you can pick John Popper yes. out of. A, crowd absolutely and i did pick him out of a song once too actually uh um, oh, one two prince's kneel before you 
That's a, he was in that. Song. Oh, so no, that yeah. was not the one I was thinking of. <laughs> okay, um, no, I was actually thinking of. No, I'm thinking of the song "What Would You Say" by Dave Matthews Band. Oh, yes, the harmonica solo in yeah. that song is John Popper. Yeah, and both of those songs, I think, came out before this album came out, or at least I know uh, Two Princes came out before this Riffs. one. But like, so yeah, he's he's a well-known harmonica player. But yeah, you get most of the time with harmonica, you get like a blend of notes, and you know, you get like multiple things going on. Yeah. But Popper, he's just so like you hear every little thing, and yeah. it's so staccato, it's so interesting. Yes, he's very technically proficient and. You're right. It's very clean sounding. Yeah. It's a very clean sound. Where a lot of times you get kind of like what we call like dirty harmonica. And sometimes you want that dirty harmonica. Yes. You know, some good old fashioned blues. Yeah, exactly. Um, when we talked about the Clint Black album, which, mm-hmm. uh, I cannot remember the name of the song that he plays a harmonica at the beginning of. Oh, yeah. Shit. I can't remember the same, it's, but it's, it's Clint good, Black. It's some good blood or good red and bland. No, 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 I don't remember. It was, after, it was the one after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But that one's very kind of bluesy, sort yes. of dirty harmonica sound. Like this is very clean. Very almost sort of virtuosic, yeah. Virtual, I he's a virtuoso of the harmonica, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, one last interesting thing I wanted to mention about John Popper apparently, when he was younger, he originally wanted to be a comedian, and because he found you know humor in his friends, uh, you know, to try and avoid bullies, probably because he was a big guy, yeah. I understand that, <laughs> you yeah. understand that. Um, but when he and his friend performed a routine of the Blues Brothers. That helped spark his enjoyment of music, and that's when he took up the harmonica after that. Oh, that's awesome. Which that's is a I mean, great thing to know. We both love Blues Brothers, yes. and I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, and uh, Elwood plays the he, harmonica. I mean, maybe even Jake did. I Probably as well. I'm sure John Belushi played it but at some But definitely point. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. That's like his In the movie, that's his, that's his thing. thing. Well, I mean, in real life, that's also yeah. his thing. So, so after Blues Brothers, after he you know, did that, that's when he really sparked a love for, for blues, and I think that's really cool. Yep. All right, so let's get into the album. So right out of the gate, they hit the ground running. Yeah. Running around. Probably their biggest single uh, was their first one. I believe it charted number eight on the Billboard Top 100. Uh, no, actually, sorry. No, the the album itself peaked at number eight on the Billboard's 200 album chart. This song um, 
Okay. P- oh, did, oh, sorry. It also peaked at number eight. My bad. You're right. It peaked <laughs> at number eight. Uh, at the year end, it hit 14. Oh, okay. So it was, yeah. So like for that, for I guess it's a week or whatever, it did It did do eight. Okay. Um, and if you know Blues Traveler, you probably know this song. Yeah. It's the song Runaround. I think this is one of those songs that I got kind of sick of, you know, <laughs> when it became a radio hit. And But now going back to it, you realize how fun it is. It's yeah. a fun song. It is fun. It, um, it's very feel good. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I definitely was introduced to this band from this song, specifically their music video. If you're not familiar with their video, it was kind of a, a Wizard of Oz take yeah. about a girl who's trying to get into a club, but she the bouncer doesn't let her in with the ID. And in the side, you see this band of like good-looking guys who are singing, but then you notice, you, then they show you that the, the actual band is behind the curtain mm-hmm. playing, and they, they, they get in there. And that's what I remember most of it. Like, I kind of... I rewatched the music video for this, yeah, and I totally forgot the whole Wizard of Oz shit. <laughs> what I remember is the whole behind the curtain, yes. and it was like, oh, there was this good-looking band who kind of looked almost Counting Crows-ish. If you're watching it, the lead singer at least kind of like yeah. looked like oh, is it Adam Jones? I think yeah. or whatever his name is, Adam something from uh, Counting Crows. Yeah, but they were, you know, they were the band, the good band behind the curtain, and John yes. Popper, who's you know, he's a big, not not a particularly good-looking dude, yeah, but like. He's got a great voice and great harmonica, and like they were the ones who were actually playing. And that's what I really remembered about. Yeah, it. and I remember seeing an interview with uh, John Popper, who said that the reason they did that was because he they he considered they considered themselves not to be a particularly good looking band. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I mean, there were just a bunch of dudes playing, you know, playing sort of blues rock, and just at the time, John Popper was a really big guy. Yeah. And so that seemed like a sounds like something I would do. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's a, it's a, God, it's a fun song. It's great to listen to. Um, this, I, most of this stuff on this album is, you know, it's weird. Like my, I don't know how it does for you, but iTunes categorizes this album as blues. Yeah, no. I don't really think it's blues. It's no. more rock yeah, than blues. It is. It's blues. It's a rock with blues influences yeah. and stuff like uh, that. And in fact, this song won Blues Traveler their first Grammy. Yes. In 1995 for best rock vocal performance. <laughs> Uh, by a group or duo, yeah. So that totally makes sense. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a it's a fun song, and you know, it's especially if you haven't listened to this album, if you've never listened to this album, starting off with a song you know is probably a good way to go. A couple interesting things about Runaround, uh, it, it tells the, uh, the story kind of of the relationship that Popper had with his original bass player Felicia, and that's what like the you know they're going on a runaround mm-hmm. basically. Uh, Popper had a crush on her. But he was worried that, you know, that they shared a close relationship as well. Uh, but according to the guitarist uh, Chan Kinchilla, uh, Kinchilla. Kinchilla. Looks like Chinchilla. What is that, Chinchilla? Ah, waiter. There you are. I will have the enchilada platter with two tacos and no guacamoles, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Chief. I'll take a Chinchilla. <laughs> Kinchilla. Um, <laughs> apparently, the two remained close friends uh, even after the whole song and after the events of what happened to the song. Um, and actually, they even wrote another song. I think it was in their follow-up album after this called Felicia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's particularly interesting, originally the song was written a lot slower than it is mm-hmm. today because it was you know, it was about a more of a turmoil, relationship-y stuff. It wasn't yeah. like this fun, poppy kind of beat that you have. Uh, that it was it was more of a depressing song and it was a depressed song and um, and then but they before I guess at some point they decided to change that up and they sped it up before they actually like, recorded it mm-hmm. um, and apparently still at live concerts they will sometimes 
start it off slow and kind of do like a slow version and then they'll pick it up and kind of like then get it into a real when you saw them live did they do that or did they not play? that i remember okay yeah i mean that all was right. it was eight years ago so yeah all right so let's move on to the next song which might be my favorite song on the album interesting okay um, it, it might be tied with another one for for top if i had to pick i had a hard time i would have a hard time choosing between the two uh that is the song stand <laughs> this song because of john popper's lyrics mm-hmm. um i love the <clears throat> the wordplay he uses um it's definitely the aspects of blues you, and i can see why you know they're a jam band because yeah. as, as listening to this album you're like oh, wow there's a lot of guitar solos and and, and harmonica <laughs> solos things that you just don't hear yeah. a lot in music anymore um and and sort of longer solos than you would normally hear in most sort of pop albums or rock albums because uh, this song, I mean, most of the songs, not all of them, most of them are at least four minutes. As several of them are over five minutes. This is one of them. This mm-hmm. one clocks in at just under 5.20. But it's, you know, it, it's it's kind of a sort of funky blues groove at the beginning. But man, when it slows down for the bridge. Yeah. I love that part. And I, I honestly, that might be the part. Maybe if I had to pick a single part of a song, this would be it. <laughs> yeah. But... The whole bridge and the way it builds back up and the way the vocals layer and stuff, just it every time I sing along, I scream along with it. The So so it's not so it's not retardo. Retardo is when a song gets slower. Retardando is when it slows down. What's that? What it's because that's what it, they, they 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 kind of cut. They all of a sudden they, they go they right. just slow down or they stop and they go <clears> slow. Like <throat> the dancers yeah. are and getting then they get faster oh, and faster. Yeah, what that's is that called? A, a cello rondo. A cello rondo. Okay, okay. It was cool. Yeah, I like that 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 portion. Maybe is one of the more interesting portions of the entire album. Right. Um, yeah, the the getting harder and they're getting faster and faster. Yeah. Um, and is yeah, it is so interesting. Uh, one, one thing I want to point out is there's 
there's something John Popper does with his harmonica that I don't think a lot of other people do. Mm-hmm. You can tell he adds distortion yes. to his harmonica, and you didn't. I don't think you really got it in Runaround, but you get it in this song, yeah. and you get a very distorted harmonica with a distort. You know, you, when you think distortion, you think of a pedal for guitar, right? And he had a, he does the same kind of thing, but as a pedal like for his harmonica, yes. And you get a very distinctive, interesting sound with that. Yeah, and I tell you what, I think. They, they have a, a fairly long harmonica solo in here. And honestly, if they'd cut it shorter or even cut it out, mm-hmm. they might have had a radio hit out of this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this this is what they do. Yeah. You know, the solos and jam and stuff like that's what they do. So that that much I don't, you know. And as someone who's been to a lot of jazz concerts and, and classical stuff and stuff like that, you you know, you got to appreciate solos for what they are. Because especially if it's live, chances are they're making it up as they go. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they're playing, you know, unless, it's became, unless it was a solo that's become very well known. Um, and you kind of can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the guitar solo from Freebird can never be really played. At least yeah, you, you can't, can't. You might be able to throw some stuff in in the middle. Yeah. But you can't start it out. Yeah. Without starting it out the right way. Um, yeah. You know, there's a couple of other guitar solos like that where everyone just knows the solo. Uh, but you, you know, when largely, especially if it's live and and you know people are kind of doing what they want, they're making it up as they mm-hmm. go usually, and that's the challenge to musicians. So I appreciate it. But this, I don't. This song is is one that I I can always listen to all the way through. I can sing along with it. I love it. Like I said, it, it's probably tied okay. for, for my favorite song in this one. Yeah. I'm not going to call it my favorite, but it's, it's up there. That makes a lot of sense. It's such a funky song, and I want to call out probably my, maybe my favorite portion of the song, or one of, is when he does that, kind of like that scat near the end of the song. Yeah. The scat, whatever. It's so cool. Oh, scat, scat. Yeah, right. I mean, it is scatting, but it's like, his, it's so, it, it fits so well. Yeah. <laughs> It's cool, and it adds another layer to the song. Yeah, that's that's already there. Yeah. So, all right. So now we kind of slow ourselves down a little bit with "Look Around." You get no answer for me about what I want or what I get. Brave enough to speak, afraid to see. This is a song that this is how I feel. On the slower stuff, John Popper's voice sounds slightly out of place, hmm. and I think the beginning of this song is kind of what it, it gives me that first initial impression. 
when it starts out because his, his voice he is kind of on a high register when the song comes in and he starts singing it almost sounds out of place but when the song hits a heavier tone and he brings his vocals out mm-hmm. and has to increase his volume yeah then it starts to blend and then you're like oh see this feels good and it, it almost feels like a release yeah. um it's a slower song you know it's if depending on what i'm doing with the album if i'm not you know if i'm not in the mood to just yeah. hit the album all the way through i'll probably skip it you know, unless I'm trying, unless I want to just run it down all the way through, or if I'm like, if I'm driving and I need like a feel-good song and I want to put on this album, I'll probably skip the slower ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good song. Yeah, it's a solid song. It's definitely one that I think when I was younger, I probably skipped it more often than I do now. Mm-hmm. Now I appreciate it for a little bit more of what it is, and right. it is, it's solid. It's uh. Yeah, the way you put it with his singing, yeah, when he's singing kind of normally, it's good singing. When he gets into him, he's more passionate or powerful yeah. singing. Like then you're like. Yeah, that works a little bit better for yeah. me. Um, and you get that a little bit in the song later on. Um, one thing that stupidly, I don't want to say confused me when I was younger, but I always just like, wait a minute, there are two songs that have the word around in it. You have run around and look around. Which one? And I could, for, I remember, I was like, which is the one I like better? And I was like, and so I was like, was it look around? God damn it, no. Was it run around? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, and it's just like, why would you put two songs with almost the same name in them, uh, the same album? But no, I... I uh, same thing with you. If I'm if I'm looking for just like the jam band stuff, this is probably one I'm gonna skip. Mm-hmm. But this is not one that detracts and hurts no. the album by no. any means. No, and I think it was a smart placement to put it third because mm. you got you got run around that which is you know poppy and upbeat, and you have stand which it, yeah. it ebbs and flows, but largely it 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 moves. Yeah, yeah. Then you slow it down with look around. Yeah, and then you jump it back up. Yes. With the next one, which is Fallible. intro to this song yeah. i love the sort of dirty you know blue harmonica and then get to you get to the band kicks in boom boom yeah. and you know the band kicks in after that the song becomes a little one note for me oh you're so wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh i i love that opening like distorted harmonica that yeah that- very... Oh, it's, a, it's a great way to start the song out. Yeah. Um, for me, I feel the song is the hidden gem. Oh, like, right. I really, really like Fallible. I mean, okay. it's not it's not single level. It's not one that you're going to put right. out. Of course not. But it's, it's a song for me that when you buy the album, uh, this is the kind of song that when you buy the album, you're so happy that you own an entire album because <laughs> you didn't just buy 
run around. Right. You didn't just buy Hook. You know, this is a song that you bought and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy. This is a song I never would have bought on my own, but mm-hmm. I'm happy I have it now. Yeah. And this is this is the kind of that song for me. And it's surprising. To me, it surprises me every time because it's a song you forget about, and you forget about Fallible. I almost never will go back and just listen to Fallible. Right. But when I'm listening all the way through, I'm just like, "Oh fuck yeah, Fallible!" And <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, this is to me. This is why the idea of just purchasing singles is hurting the music industry, and it's <laughs> stupid. And kids, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Buy albums, listen to albums, because this is the kind of song that's going to get passed over, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind of song that should still be heard because it's still, it, I think, a fucking fun, gem, good song. It's a song you need in your life. Yeah, and you didn't know that you needed it in yes, your life. Yes, there you go. No, and I'm not going to say it's a bad song. It just, to me, it drags a little bit. Okay. And it's not my favorite one on there. In an album full of great songs. Yeah. So, and, and it may not even be my least favorite song on here. I don't know. It's just, this is this is the one that's of their upbeat songs that I think I get bored with the most. <laughs> okay. I kind of get bored with it after a while. I'm like, all right, let's go to the next one. So, yeah, and, and so that's really all I have to say. Okay. So speaking of the next one, the next one is the only one that John Popper had no hand in writing. Mm. Uh, Popper wrote either, he wrote the song, most of these songs himself, or they wrote them as bands, as the whole band, or, you know, Popper wrote them with, with uh, Kinchla. You know, or you know, in condition, but this is the only one that was actually written by the bassist Bobby Sheehan, and that's the Mountains Win Again. I pick up my smile, put it in my pocket, hold it for a while, try not to have to drop it, men are not to cry. So, how am I to stop it? Show how much you rock yeah. Ooh, can you feel say? Ooh, you gotta love that pain. Ooh, it looks like rain. Yeah. Ooh, feel it coming in. The mountains win again. This, this to me is a sleeper hit. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's not it's it's sort of middle of the road. It's not too slow. It's not too fast. I love uh, that sort of chorus pre-chorus section where the harmony comes in, mm-hmm. and it's 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 one that I think uh, this is actually they only th- released three singles from this album. This one was the third one. Oh, I didn't even know that this was a single. Yeah, they released it as a single. I think this was the third one they released, but obviously didn't really. They tried to release it as a single, didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Um, their their first two singles that they released were the were their big ones. Yeah. Um, this one didn't go anywhere. So I don't I don't even know that they made a video for this one. They might have just yeah. it might have just been a radio single that they released. But see, to me, this is a sort of a sleeper hit. Okay. It is a little middle of the road. It's not you know jamming too much. Um, but it's it's a fun song all the way through. Yeah. Uh, this, as you mentioned, this is the one with uh, Warren Haynes. Uh, he he was from Allman Brothers Band. He was he played the slide guitar on this yeah. one. Uh, I think he probably played slide guitar for Allman Brothers after Dwayne Allman, who is one right. of the greatest slide guitarists of all time. Who, who once he died. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you really get that good sound. I think adds a lot to the song. It does because it adds a different a different yeah. feel to it. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually gonna gonna take us no not on a journey, but I'm gonna mention that easily 
this is my most played song from the entire album. Oh, really? I I have a I, I don't know what if it, what it what it is about this song. I have a, a maybe it's because of like a, a sleeper. There's something about this song that I just I fucking love. It feels very passionate. Yes, and that's okay. So this is and I've mentioned this before, maybe in, in, I think in another album review. And there are a few certain songs from a few certain like bands when I was younger that, you know, especially in like my I'd say late middle school, high school kind of days where you I grab my you know my Sony Walkman CD player that said it would never skip, but of course it skipped. Yes. <laughs> um, and I I needed to just kind of go walk and think, and I just kind of needed to like get inside myself and just kind of like try to become try to figure out. Who am I? <laughs> you know? I mean, right. This is the kind of deep shit that you think is deep when you're a kid, but there are songs that I connected to. Yeah. This was one of those songs. Yeah. This made that kind of playlist for me. And this was the kind of song that like, I would put on this album and I would play this song over and just on repeat mm-hmm. when I just needed to walk and think and feel and just be me. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I said, easily my most played. It's it's the song is slower. As you say, it's kind of passionate. It's painful. Even. Yes. Like, there's a pain in this song. Yeah. And that's kind of what, you know, not to sound too emo-y, but like that's what I was kind of like trying to connect with. Like, yeah. I I don't know, but and I I had this conversation with um, a former student recently, and I wanted your take on it. She was telling me that we were talking about we um, we actually started doing this thing because she uh, this former student she's like 21 20 21 uh-huh. um, and I taught her when she was in high school and we she's a music major so we connect on that level and we started talking about albums and so we started doing this thing between us where we we do like an album share like she would say okay you should listen to this album by some band that came out recently yeah. and I would say okay you need to listen yeah. to this one so the first one that we did was she gave me the album Astoria by the band Marianas Trench. Okay. Um, I mean, it's a con. It's funny. I mean, it's it's like it came out. I think the that was like 2014. Um, but it's a concept album. It's actually influenced by the Goonies. Okay. The whole album huh. is the whole album wow. is influenced. So I don't know. Maybe good she- enough for <laughs> you. It's good enough for me. Um, it's good enough. <laughs> Good enough for you. And <laughs> Sorry, it's a good song. It's a, it's a good movie. So, um, and I gave her the album Stranger Than Fiction by Bad Religion. Oh, cool. So, and then we kind of like, we gave each other like a week to listen to it. And then we're like, okay, what did you think of the album? What did I think of the album? And I'm, I'm not going to lie. It, the album was middle of the, the Marianne Trench album was middle of the road for mm-hmm. me. Um, there was some because there was some. It was weird. Some of the songs had like quotes or throwbacks to songs where I'm like, oh, I could pick out where this influence came from. Yeah. Or I get, like they used a riff from somewhere and they did it on purpose. It's not like they were trying to steal it. They were trying to throw back to yeah. a song where I can I can hear the lick and they combined like different licks. But it was I don't know. I gave it like a like a C plus. Uh-huh. Like it was not graded. Um, she came back. She was like and said, well, it was an okay album, but it was really kind of like angry. And she's like, I've been really mad lately, so I didn't want to listen to it. And and, I, and in my head, I don't know how you, like, when I, if I'm feeling a certain way, I tend to listen to music that amplifies yes. that. So if I'm angry, I listen to angry music. Yeah. If I'm sad, I listen to sad when music. When I'm angry, I want to turn on bad religion <laughs> and just kind of stomp around. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, and th- I, yeah. I, it's a 
it's a horrible band and a horrible album. But one of my go-to songs, and one I'm really pissed off, is the song "Break Stuff" by Limp Bizkit. Because <laughs> it's, it's a fun one to just fucking scream uh, to. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's probably I mean, a time and a place. There's, there has been a time and a place for Limp Bizkit and Break Stuff, and um, that's cool. And um, and that's the you know. Yeah, and that's yes. When I get in like that mood where I want to walk and I just kind of want to feel deep inside myself, right? Mountains win again, is that song? But yeah. it, I mean, it's a be- to me, it's a beautiful song, and because it, it, it can take me. Those kind of songs are also the ones that I can like. I can pretty much listen me to at any point. Yeah, and it kind of transports me, and I kind of even even though like it can be a painful thought, I feel better for some reason because I'm getting right. that out. Yes. So. So. And the whole point of that story was to kind of, I think, was to ask you, oh, yeah. is, is that how you... Yes, yeah, it help, exactly. It helps me get it out. Like, if I'm yeah. angry, I'll listen to angry music, and then I get out of my anger. Yeah. Or if I'm feeling, like, you know, a little low, I might listen to a lower song, but then I'm like, all right, I'm done with that. Now I can move on. Right. So, yeah. All right. Good talk. Yeah. And this has been Therapy Session by John and Adam. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to the next one, which is a song called Freedom. This song it's a jamming song yeah, it's a good driving jam. song you know it's it's uh it, it grooves it's really funky i i just really like it yeah. it's interesting because it, i mean it starts off like where you think oh it might be another slow song or something and then they just kind of like boom kick it and it's like yeah. yeah then it's like nope this is gonna have a driving a strong bass behind it um they're simple enough riffs it's not like a i would say like a musically complicated song no. You know, where they just kind of like have some simple enough, then they go off onto solos. But Popper almost has sort of like a, he's almost singing angry. Yeah. He's not like screaming, yeah. but he's got this like, this like pissed off edge to him when he's singing it. Yeah. You almost get like a little bit, I don't know if it's the right word, but like a little vibrato in, a, in his voice. Like, ah, ah, ah. like yeah, he does that, that, that kind right. of thing. Yeah. And you get that in this song. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's a strong entry on this album for sure. Yes. No, and it's fun. Um, you know, it, it's uh, there's some solos and stuff like that. It's 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 not too complicated as we met, mentioned, but it's it's just it gets you moving, especially when it kicks in. We're gonna start a karaoke. Yeah. All right. So I mean, I don't really have too much more to say about the song other than it's just it's a fun one to listen to, and I'm it's it again. Like Fallible is for you. This one is like, oh yeah, I forget that this one's on yeah. the album, and then it comes on. I'm like, and I just kind of jam out to it in the car. Yeah. The next song is my other contender oh, for the my favorite okay. song. Um, it's a shorter song. It's only about it's just under three minutes, and it's it's you know it's not a terribly complicated song, and it mostly is kind of a song designed to just show off. <laughs> it really it is because it's it's sort of you know it's got the it's got the you know you have the song song kicks in and then there's a solo section and everyone takes a turn yeah it's sort of that uh, that sort of everyone you know everyone jumps up to the mic a little bit and does a little uh, turn around and stuff like that yeah. man is it fun mm-hmm. all right let's listen to it yeah I will I got like the opening of this song yes holy shit yeah, yeah. we'll talk about that all right 
That is, oh, man. Like you get that that the opening up with like the harmonica and the guitar right together, yeah. just going, and then you get drums, and then you get driving drums and bass, just kind of boom, kick it, and it's just yeah. it fucking moves. It does, and it goes all the way to the end. Even and even when you get to the solo section, the mm-hmm. drums keep that. Everyone else is like soloing on top, yeah. and the drums take their solo, and the it does like the beat never stops, like just the move movement never stops in this song, and it, yeah, I think three minutes is about all you can take because after <laughs> yeah. like, you're exhausted mm-hmm. just from jamming out I, to this song. I, I, one of my notes that I called out was, funny enough, this song reminds me of "Tuckered Out" by Clint Black because <laughs> it just it just it fucking drives and it just moves and you're just like, okay, I can't take any more and I'm done. <laughs> It's it is a fun ass song. I yeah. similar enough. This is one of my favorites on the album. Um, it's a, it's a what a great jam song. What a great just so, so much pace and great solo work. Like mm-hmm. just the way you put it, it goes. Everybody gets a turn. Yeah, and it feels. I, I thought I remember this song being a single, but I guess it's not because no. when I think of four. This is one of the first songs I think of. Yeah. I immediately think of Crash Burn. I I'm played like, it a lot when I was a kid, and maybe that's why. Okay. Because I would anytime I had this on the album, I would probably play the song like two or three times in a row. Okay. Before, maybe and maybe that was it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember this one being a radio single at all. Yeah, so. I guess not. But yeah, when I think when I think of like the biggest ones on the album, like Crash Burn, was like, oh yeah, Crash Burn. I'm gonna do that one first or whatever. Like that's the that's the first thing I think of. Yeah. So. And so after expending all that energy. You need to slow it down a little bit. You gotta yeah. take a breather. Yeah. And that brings us to price to pay. Spending here with a tail to tell. Might as well tell to you. Nothing near my married to. It's no one about a little deformed girl who wanted to get out for good. She would do anything to keep that dream. This was one that going back to listen to the album when I got to it, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to be like one I don't like. And then I listened to it. Man, Popper tells a a really interesting story Mm -hmm. in this song. 
Uh, you really have to listen to his lyrics when you listen to Blues Traveler because he 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 does not waste the words that he says. Mm-hmm. They're there for a reason. And this is another song that was kind of like that. Um, it slows us down, so it's a nice reprise from Crash Burn, but not so much that I feel like we went into like ballad territory. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, this song actually works really well for the flow. Um, you know, I kind of like it sometimes when you ease from like, oh, you want a fast song and then like an intermediate and then a slow song. Mm-hmm. But because Crash Burn was so much energy, this one kind of like, all right, you need a breather. Yeah. And then honestly, I think it's a really good flow between, you know, the, the next song hook right. afterwards because then that picks up a little bit more, but it's not it's not as nearly as intentional as Crash Burn. Right. So, um, yeah, this is probably one that, you know, again, when I was younger, maybe I skipped it, but not listening to it now. Like, especially if you're one on a flow of an album, mm-hmm. I think this works really well for that. Yeah. And it's fun. And, and so, you know, they use a little bit, that sort of interesting sort of guitar wah-wah sound in there, which they, they do a good job of. You know, they got their standard sound, but every so often they'll throw something different in there to kind of mix it up a little bit. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So speaking of Hook, this was their next one. I... I, I I thought I remembered this one being a bigger hit. Yeah, I thought so too. But and maybe it was just because um, I don't know. Maybe I just saw it more on MTV or something like that. Yeah. And it didn't chart as it didn't chart as well as no, Runaround. This one, this one hit twenty three on yeah. the Billboard. But damn, if they didn't play it all the time on the radio. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. What's I up think with they, that. I think nowadays they play Hook more than they play Runaround. I agree. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's listen to it. It doesn't matter what I say. song is actually kind of a parody yeah which i love that <laughs> it actually it makes me it makes me appreciate the song and the writing even more right so the the in the song they do make references to kind of like peter pan and stuff like that uh-huh. um but it's you know the the lyrics the hook brings you back in music the hook is the catchy part of the song that yeah. you that brings you in so the song itself is almost a satire on number one hits and it's or not on big hits yeah. and it was itself a big hit yeah like, so it was kind of I think it, yeah it's just I, I, ironic I don't know if ironic don't you is, think a little too ironic I hate you <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's another album we'll get to yeah eventually um, but yeah that, it is no it's definitely uh, it's, a, it's like a satire it's yeah. a satire a satirical song um, because the way you put it yeah they're making fun of I think the just the formulaic yeah. side of of pop songs, right? And in doing so, they created, they, they created a, per, a great, <laughs> well, probably you know their most everlasting song, right? Um, and something that's interesting in this one that I looked up because you know you know probably better than me, but so the chord progressions in Hook mm-hmm. they used was it Pockbell, Pocklebells, whatever Pockbells, Pockbells Cannon, um, and they kind of just they transposed it to a different key, yeah. But that is that is something everyone knows that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and they use that same chord progression, and it's it's something that tons of popular music does, and they and yeah. they they did it to make fun of it, and it's <laughs> it's so meta, man. <laughs> this is a much more meta song, than, but but the thing is, when I think when I listen to it, I don't think that. No. I think oh, this song just makes me feel good, man. Yeah, this it's, is, it's a happy, happy song. Yeah, it's a smooth song, and then when you like dive into it. Which a lot of this stuff that we're talking about right now, I didn't know until I looked it up on Wikipedia and other <laughs> sites. But then, but it makes me appreciate this song even more. Yes, actually, I think it I think it elevates the song a little bit more. Yeah, because it, it was it was again it was one that got played a lot, and after a while you're like, okay, I'm sick of hearing this. Yeah, uh, but it makes you appreciate the song itself yeah. a lot more now. Like the lyrics, like when you're when you listen to those opening lyrics, it doesn't matter what I say as long as I sing with inflection. That makes you feel that I'll convey some inner truth or vast reflection. I mean, he's just like, this is all bullshit. Man, that's exactly what he is saying. Right. As long as I sing it, you know, in a in a nice melody and right. with a nice chord progression behind me, you're gonna eat it up, chumps. <laughs> and you know what? We did. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. It just makes you appreciate the band even more. Yeah. Um, the music video on this one uh, was one that it starred, quote unquote, starred Ken Ober who was an MTV host of the show Remote Control. Oh, okay. And actually, he was also in their runaround music video. He played the uh, club owner of, oh, the, of the club. okay. So I, they must have been friends with him or something, because yeah. he was in both of their al- both of their music videos. Yeah. Um, but so he's there. Funny enough, he hosted the show Remote Control, but he's sitting there with a remote control, flipping between <laughs> channels, and people on the TV are lip-syncing, you know... The song. The song. And at one point, Paul Schaefer is on the TV lip-syncing to the song, and you mentioned... He does a piano part for a stand. Right. Um, but it is just, I thought it was pretty pretty interesting. But yeah, huge fan of this song. I, I know it is super overplayed, right. but it is still a song I fucking love. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's one of the top top songs on the album for me. It's, it's just so catchy. It's just so good. And in doing this recording, I now appreciate it even, even more. Yeah. yeah. No, good. And then we kind of uh, take a little left turn. With the good, the bad, and the ugly. So this song has no words. Yeah. It clocks in at just under two minutes. Definitely feels like something they threw in its filler, but still fits with the album. It really does. I think particularly, it's just such a, it's a good jamming riff. Yeah. This is the kind of song that works really, really well at a concert. And I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of maybe part of that concert feel that we're getting in this album because, you know... I don't know, even for me, it's like, it's one that you might even like, you might start off a set and you just go, it's like, okay, cool. And then like, or as an encore, and then it'll flow into another song. Right. This is, this is like almost an interlude and it just kind of moves really well. Or maybe something where maybe there's a song where John Popper like really has to strain his vocals. Yeah. And so they use this one as an in-betweener. Yeah. So just give him, give him a rest. Mm. Um, I don't know, and, and it's hard to tell like why they decide to throw it on the album. I don't, I didn't look through their other albums to see if they always threw uh-huh. instrumentals on there, um, and it, it almost feels like you're just kind of jamming, and they're like, oh, let's turn this into a song, but it fits. It does. It fits with the it fits with the flow of the album. You know, we had our poppy song hook. We, this is sort of like it was almost like a oh remember we're a blues band. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. Um, 
All right, and that moves us into our penultimate song, mm-hmm. and that is Just Wait. If ever you are feeling like you're tired And all your uphill struggle If you head it downhill If you realize your wildest dreams can hurt you And your appetite for pain was drinking its fill Just wait Just wait Just wait It will come Just wait So this is one of the slower ones on yeah. this album. And probably one I used to be inclined to skip a lot. Mm-hmm. I think what Mountains Win Again does for you, this song does for me. Okay, it's a, uh, it's it's a it's a passionate song. Yeah, that's that was my main note on this one. Was you can hear the passion in his in his voice and the mm-hmm. way he sings. Yeah, it's a it's a good sad song. Yeah, it's a good sad song. It's a good slow song to listen to. The passion helps. You know it. it you know, I'm not going to lie. I might have welled up a little bit listening mm-hmm. to it. I'm a man. I, I'm yeah. secure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if, if, if I'm not in the mood to listen to a slow song, I'll skip this one. But oh, it's, it's, another, it's another reason why if you've never listened to this whole album, if all you were familiar with is just run around and just hook, um, and maybe you've heard a couple of other ones, you need to go back and listen to all the songs on, on this album because this band is just the best. Yeah. It's just top. They're just solid. They're good, solid. They're good songwriters. They're good musicians. And they put all of that to use in this album from top to bottom. Yeah. There's a lot of, I don't know, push and pull with mm-hmm. like the tempo and whatnot. Yeah. And this song kind of brings you back down to slow and then it, it'll pick up a little bit with Brother John. Right. Um, but... Yeah, this is this is I'm with you. Solid, solid song. You know, yeah, the slower ones, but slower doesn't equal bad. And right. damn, this is this this sets us up for a good ending and it's just yeah, it's just it's a there's a great flow with this album. Cool. Uh, and that brings us into our last one. You'd think would be my favorite one since it <laughs> shares my name. Yeah. Uh, but it's called Brother John. Are you sleeping? Brother John. You feel like weeping, brother the jungle. Please want to hear me, brother jungle. I just wait and see, brother jungle. So, I, I honestly, for a jam band, it seems like an oddly appropriate ending song. Yeah. Yeah, um, cool. you know it, it kind of it it's leaves open lots of spaces for solos and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and uh, you know it's it's fairly repetitive. There's some yeah. repetitive parts to it of you know of their upbeat songs. This is probably not my favorite one, but it does actually seem like it's appropriate one for a, sort of a blues jam band to end on. Yeah, I think it works really well. To me, to me, it's another you know almost another that hidden gem kind of mm-hmm. one of them. This is one that I strangely enough like I'll come back in and pop in and just like you know what. I want to listen to Brother John again. Maybe it's because I have a Brother John, exactly as you mentioned. <laughs> but um, it is, it's one. It kind of, you know, it kind of ups the tempo. At some point, it kind of moves eventually. It kind of gets there. Uh, and it's uh, it's a fun one. It's 
it's good. It's fun. It's jamming. It's very representative of the album itself, where it'll go slow and then fast and then slow and then fast on the song itself. And I think, yeah, the way you kind of, it's a good culmination, a good, a good finisher. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite happy with this song. Cool. Uh, all right, and that is the end of our album. Yeah. Um, Adam, final thoughts. My final thoughts are I adore this album. Uh, it's one that I definitely can and do still listen from top to bottom without skipping. I think the 90s had some amazing albums. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, this is in the top. It's somewhere like, you know, in the... I'd, be, I'd have to figure out where I'd want to put it. And I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to like really make a list. Maybe a top 10 list eventually. <laughs> but Blues Traveler 4 is an album that I I just... I think is is all around like perfection. I just mm-hmm. think it's so strong. Yeah, the, mu- the musicianship is incredible and i just re-listening to it i didn't realize how much how much funk and how much jam band style that they've got and yeah they've got a lot of blues they got a lot of rock influences but you know listening again and dissecting it it is just it's funkier and cooler Mm -hmm. and it is just more musicianship than i really even remembered and i really am happy to be dissecting this one with you because I'm loving it even I didn't think I could love this album more right and I do and yeah. I do uh, I really can't add anything to that it was very okay. succinctly put and um, it's uh, it's an album and I've already said it but I'm gonna say it again and maybe it'll stick if you've never listened to the whole album go listen to this album all the way through the whole songs all the solos you know if you're gonna be in the car put on this album and don't change it listen to it because it's I think it needs, it doesn't, I don't think it gets the credit it, it really deserves. And uh, yeah, that is our review of the album four by the band Blues Traveler. Please join us next time as we're joined once again by our friend Corey Stevenson for an all RoboCop review. We'll be talking about the 1987 movie, the 80s cartoon show, and we'll be recasting our own versions of RoboCop. If you'd like to send us suggestions of TV shows or movies from your childhood, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. Or if you want to guarantee a suggestion, you can join us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash blastpastcast. And you can use that handle to reach us on most social media. That's at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time.